0: Hi, guys, welcome back to the podcast, episode number 76. Today, we bring back uh, Brian Cron and Megan Marty McPhee to Calgary based fitness professionals. We're going to go over a lot of coaching stuff, including the good, the bad, and the ugly that our industry offers, some talk of Botox and alcohol. Stay tuned.
1: We finally did it. We went through the dark side. We decided to become aligned with someone and try to sell ourselves and become a legit podcast by having some sort of sponsorship. Now, for all of you who kind of know us through this podcast, you know that we probably don't take it lightly that we, we want to be authentic, we want to support the industry, and we literally don't want to promote something that we literally wouldn't use ourselves and something we don't really believe in. And we kind of had a unique opportunity because I personally know the owner of Stronger Experts, and he called me and he basically just laid it out there. He's like, If you guys wanna promote this thing, it'll help me. I think you'll really like what we're doing and you guys will get a kickback. We literally give you guys 20% off and because if we refer you, we essentially get a kickback from that. So in, in a roundabout way, you're supporting our podcast, but really it kind of just makes us a little bit more legit. And a little bit about Stronger Experts is that they are essentially an online platform that hosts literally like I want to say like 50, not 50%, but 50% of their coaches that do live presentations, that have live content, that have slideshows, they have tests, they have everything you can kind of ask for, half of them are like literally aligned with our podcast. We have guys like Mike Isertel, um, Alex Viada, we have Greg Knuckles, we have Dr. Mike T. Nelson, and a bunch of future guests that we have lined up. And literally, if I'm looking at this list, there's like... I want to say like 20 coaches on here. And the cool thing is it's like 365 bucks a year and you get two CEUs from the NSCA. So legitimately for like less than it would cost to go to a seminar, you literally have like, there's too much to count. There's way too many hours on this thing. So I'm not going to promote it too much and say that like, oh, this is the best thing ever, but like, this is a cheap way to get CEUs. It's a cheap way to get the actual content. A lot of these people are charging $400 a seminar for. And it's a good deal. And it's online and you can do it on your own time. And honestly, I support them. Like Stronger Experts is legit. Um, All the people that they have are legit. And they're not putting out shit information, which, you know, Andrew and I hate. And they literally are doing things the right way. And if there was one thing I was going to attach my podcast to, it had to be something where, A, I like the guy running it. B, we get kickback from it so that it helps our podcast and see it helps align us with people that truly are doing things the right way and the way that we would want to do things so without further ado we're sponsored we want to promote it and stronger experts is legit go check it out if you use our code the fit devil so fit devil no caps you get 20 percent off and if you do that it supports us so if you were going to do it do it through us because you help us out peace enjoy the podcast
0: Shut up, and sit down. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. So we got Brian Cron back for uh, his fourth appearance. So that actually, Marty's giving him the middle finger as we speak. Uh, You guys can't see the video. Uh, yeah, it's actually the first time we've had someone on uh, four times, and I'm sure, well, we like Brian, so we'll keep bringing him back. And uh and Marty McPhee is here for his second. We, the boys are great friends, so we brought them together. And we're going to get into a big discussion on coaching the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, and the, the enthusiasts will, there'll be a lot for the enthusiasts here because we're going to pull a lot out that'll interest you, and obviously the fit pros are going to get tons. So welcome back,
1: gentlemen. Hey, good to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're going to talk shit for an hour, is what's going to happen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It can't all be bad. No. Well, let's jump right to (laughs) it. And I actually was curious, because we've sort of dabbled in this before, but I actually wanted to get kind of how you guys linked up and came to really be good friends and work closely together. And then we can expand that into a conversation about coaches, allying, working in partner rewards, and some of the trouble that happens from uh, partnering up with the wrong people,
2: I want to t- I've been waiting to tell this story for quite some time so it was in like like my other messages or my messages for a while Brian Cron messaged it hey I think you're local to me we should meet up and I was like who the fuck is this and just like left it for a month like he messaged me in like beginning of November of 2017 and I was like just left it and then like was in a mastermind group with another fitness professional and saw that he was in there and I was like oh Okay, this guy might not be one of these shit bags I've been trying to avoid my A whole psycho. life. In the business business. So, when it's like, "Hey, man, what up?" You're we like, "We should have coffee." I'm like, "I don't drink coffee, but sure, I'll go to Calgary and meet up with you." And then, yeah, like the bromance started right then. It was like three hours of talking about like bodybuilding. I was like, "This guy is not not that bad. This is awesome." So, yeah, let alone locally to have like I was in Red Deer at the time, moved to Calgary just about five six months ago. Then. But, yeah, uh, to find, find someone that actually gets it, let alone coaching-wise, was very shocking for me. And so, yeah, that kind of started it up yeah. there.
1: We call that the long con. Yeah. The... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, well, that's you know, that's the drawback of coaching, man,
3: is that everything is online and everyone's remote. Like, all my clients are mostly are in the U.S. And, and, you know, I never see them, you know. And, and so all of a sudden there's a person who's, like, you know, within 500 miles of me that I can actually, like – you know kibitz with and and, and see in person. And I was like, wow, I got to try this out. You know, I got to see what like real life interaction is
1: like. So. Is, is that like an open invitation to anyone listening to this that's within five hundred miles?
2: Oh, oh fuck no! no i will mean, been be putting Brian's address in the show so you want to meet no some problem. people? He's been
0: he's been beating I'm not going to get you going, but he's been beat back overtures from James Fell, right? Because James is in Calgary too. Oh, yeah, dude.
3: yeah James, James is always asking to
1: hang out. Did, did he, did he yeah. as a
0: joke? Did he send you his book? It's great, by the way. Honestly, I shouldn't be. I,
1: if I was him, I would fuck, send you an like, it, autograph copy of the book. It's. Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll get to books later, but you know, like the holy shit moment. I kid you not, it's a fucking fantastic book. Everybody knows how much I don't like swearing in titles of books, and I think it's lame. But we, we joked about that on this episode. But it's actually one of the two best books I've read in the last, say, six months. That and James Clear's
1: Atomic Habits. So it was really good. What we should have did is give Brian the book, but, like, etch out, like, the, the author. <laughs> and then Brian's like, I fucking love this book. It's the best. And then... <laughs>
3: no. You know, interestingly, I'm, I'm, I'm one of these guys, like, I buy so many books and I never read them. Or I, or I skim them, you know. So it's, it's kind of depressing, actually. I got this bookshelf full of all this... I assume are great books. And I tell people, oh yeah, it's great. Oh, that book, that's awesome. I haven't read it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just look at it. You know, it looks awesome. You
1: well, know? They so, have like reviews now and not reviews, but like, um, not, it's not Cole's notes, but on Kindle, they have like literally like the book in like whatever, 40 pages. They're pretty Grant. good. <laughs> well, Brad, Brad's <laughs>
0: bookshop is like his abs. Looks fantastic. Totally useless. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, I accept that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and a lot of the books are photoshopped just like the abs too right so Uh,
3: yeah yeah i accept that too
1: Ah! (laughs) can have anything else to make fun of brian for
0: well it's his fourth appearance it's going to be a roast this was actually like we planned to roast we just disguised it as like an actual podcast
1: (laughs) we have questions but really we just want to make fun of you We're we're
0: going to call james in shortly and james is going to actually start roasting you too
1: brian's at the age where like every year he's looking worse like yeah. <laughs> well, we, oh we, my we, god, you guys! Wow. That's, that's the next awesome? article. You, you know, can just it's,
3: like I'm at the age I'm at the worst age because once you're 50, you basically look like shit. <laughs> you know, you know. But 40, you are still in that kind of self delusional phase. Like you can catch a glimpse of yourself. And you're like, damn, you know. You're like, oh, I, I you know, oh my I look great, or not that I do that, but I'm like, oh, I look, you know. You yeah. do, and then you gonna... see a picture of yourself. And you're like, "Who is this old shitbag?" And you're like, "Oh my god, it's me!" <laughs> so it's 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 an awful, it's the worst decade in that respect because you're, you know, I
0: don't know. As we'll as after fifty because, like, what? I'll turn forty-one in March, and you know, I'm still getting the mirror like, "Oh yeah, fucking look pretty good." Once you get to fifty, <laughs> I think it's like, "Oh well, you've accepted your fate." and It's all right. Oh, I could just deal with this now.
3: And I'm, I haven't done Botox in a long time, so that that doesn't help either. So. <laughs> I look like a, yeah. Botox doesn't help?
1: You don't recommend it? Oh, it helps. Oh, it helps. It helps, yeah.
2: But, you uh, know what? Funny enough, I'll, I'll tell my story on that. I did have Botox. One of my clients was uh, in town in Edmonton for Muscle Beach last year. It was either Muscle Beach or Provincials, one of the two I was emceeing. And she said, yeah, do you want to like try it out? I said, sure, fuck it. And holy crap, <laughs> did that ever help? And I'm 33. And I was like, oh, Brian, man, you got to have it like done like what, weekly? I was like, yeah, like <laughs> it's just going to, yeah. But it was definitely oh. interesting. I haven't had it done since, but it was, Yeah, it's shocking how much it actually does make you look like significantly younger as a male. It yeah, was cool. mind blowing. You, you gotta uh... be careful
3: though. Like I've never paid for it. I pulled the school. I've never like sought it out. I just yeah. like my wife and her all our friends are in medical. And they they have Botox parties. <laughs> yeah, and then when there's shit left over, you know, the, you know, into the they, they, they pretty much yeah. They pump it fully to me rather than throw it out. They pump it into my face, and then it's you know that's that's the evening. And uh, what I mean, one time I guess they got a little enthusiastic, and they pumped so much into me I couldn't squint. <laughs> So I was like, I was trying to drive the next day and I'm like, fuck, why like why can't I see anything? And then I realized like I, my face wasn't working. So
1: why do you how anyways, do you have all these God, stories, man? Like you all, like you're like But anyways You don't even do it you like literally sit at home and you still have all these crazy stories. Getting drunk on a park bench.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, Calgary's not that interesting, but you always find a way
2: to make it I'm
1: out of my way, man. i, I got to keep uh, life interesting somehow. I don't
2: know if what it is had, about Calgary. If we had lapel mics on, I think both of our careers would be ruined right now when <laughs> Ryan and I get up to meet. It's like, yo, that happened to you too? It's like, yeah. Was that the same park bench? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know what it is yeah. about Calgary, but Edmontonians, they, like, they think of Calgary as like a second Vegas. Oh, we're going to go to Calgary this weekend.
3: i a good. Calgary. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> okay. A okay. couple of my and best friends, heard up, eh? they, wow, they just cool. love like and that.
0: fantasize about, like, going to and living in Calgary. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, yeah. That's because Stampede, though.
1: Stampede is kind of like, that's one of those things where it's fucked. Well, literally, because there's that girl who, what, like, got caught okay. on camera? oh Oh, yeah
2: two or three years ago i remember that she blew the the stampede up
1: up. then everyone is like that was like a music (laughs) music festival like standard they're like holy shit we gotta go and then
0: she went became a stripper and went on tour and really just jumped on the whole thing so
2: yeah it's a lot lot like the canadian equivalent of that uh cash me outside how about that girl right it's like i was looking her up the other day she's got like 16 million followers she actually got a a tour coming here to calgary and like it's sold out all the comments on, on facebook are like who, who the hell is this blah 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 but she's like was just on like makeup she's her own makeup line like chick took it and ran with it like yeah. i would do the same thing like what do you do just yeah. yell about it? Or you make money off of it right yeah like, wow. but yeah the fact that it's sold
3: she's sold out in calgary that's why calgary fucking blows right <laughs> yeah. there. you know that's yeah. why like I, I never go out here because it's just like that like people pay money to see that that moron
1: so i'm like okay
3: so i just drive around the city it's a very pretty city i drive around and i take in the views and i just hate people <laughs>
1: You know. That's why you're so pissed with the Botox. You couldn't see shit. You're
3: like, I just <laughs> <all these> other... <laughs> you
2: know, squinted the people going by. You're really just mm, the whole time going, "Hey, like, hey I, I didn't say I, I didn't
3: say I drive well. I just say I drive. You know? <laughs> you know, I get to where I gotta be. What happens in my wake? That's none of my business. You know, I just <laughs> do what I gotta do. And...
2: I'm, I'm going to into that a little bit more though. It's like uh, the local fitness scene. Like, like uh, it's not not trying to jump on any coaches or anything here or personal trainers, but like. To meet that that person that, like, yeah. you've been meeting, like, oh, and I've met you guys, Andrew there in, in Edmonton there at the Eric Helms and with Landon there. It was awesome, right? Because that happens, what, once a year, maybe? Like, Landon started doing those. The last time I yeah. went to that was, like, 2015 or 16 in Regina. And, like, that's when, yeah, like, uh, Eric and Brian and a couple other guys were there. But, like, yeah, like, to, to actually be able to meet people. Like yeah, like even Brian said, within 500 miles of uh, of yeah. yourself to actually meet up and like be in person, and say like yeah, man, like this is an interest of ours. Like that, it's so mi- mind blowing to me that like w- where is the the caliber of this stuff that should be well, there in terms well, of and like, that's just the, fitness I, period.
1: I've even thought about that too because there's lots of yeah. trainers and people in the fitness industry, but there's I'm not gonna say the select crowd, but there's the people who actually fucking take it as like a full long career yeah. and they're all in and we don't have a I don't know to say we don't have a lot of that that sounds really bad but it's the minority of what's here there are still those you, people and when, we are generally network well with them or friends with them so yeah and when you go to these conferences yeah. or whatever like everyone that like really wants it and wants to pay for mm-hmm. it you know if they put their money on the line they want it and then you kind of get around of those people like yeah like you get kind of almost in bigger I just
0: I just came back from Dallas uh, but a week and a half ago, and I flew down to this little one-day ISSN thing that Sohee Lee had told me about because Lane Norton was going to speak at it, and I've looked up to and liked Lane's work for a really long time. So I get to meet Lane, sit down, like, chat with him one-on-one at dinner, um, and he's just amazing. Like, he's super yeah, cool. Yeah,
2: her, her, her dude's a really good bro in person. Like, oh, know, he'll take the time he, to talk to you. He yep. is
0: super. I met Holly Baxter in person because she did our podcast. She's great. I uh, met Jose Antonio, who's a, he's the head yeah. of ISSN. He was awesome. I met Brad Schoenfeld, who's incredible, and a couple of professors, uh, PhDs, who are these Jack guys. with. There's no necks. Like, their necks gone right that's a pretty thorough autopsy to actually find their neck even like post (laughs) these guys are thick dudes and they're these PhDs in like Texan universities Uh, uh, try to remember their names Um, Darren uh, Willoughby and uh, Dan Ah, crap you know it's it's lost on me right now but really a couple of cool guys but you get these like-minded individuals and then three buddies of mine from Texas all just happen to be there which is really cool and this is why I like going to these things like you're talking about like not getting to meet these people too often I'll go to... I'm re-registered for Kansas City in May. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Spokane inland in April. And I've met a ton of people at these events. And I mean, for instance, mm-hmm. that's Brian. The first time I met Brian in person
1: was in uh, Kansas City at that event, right? It's not from Alberta. Yeah, Denver. yeah,
3: yeah. yeah there's yeah. a ton
1: of value in going to these things. And you end up talking like nothing about business. Yeah. Like you do and you don't. But like it usually ends up being about like our interest in this shit because like we're so... Like a lot of us are so obsessed about it that like we don't get to have those conversations on a day-to-day basis. So especially like, like you yeah. said... In this era, we have less people in Canada. Sorry. <laughs> yeah.
3: you well, know, it's, you know, I, I did find that, especially once you, you're, especially if you coach online and you're all like, yeah. like, like me and Marty, you never leave your house kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, it kind of in that rut, well, it's not a rut, but in that zone for a couple of years that I made a conscious decision I got to get out more. I got to go to more conferences. I got to take in more seminars. And like last year yeah. was probably my, my busiest year for doing that. Yeah. And it made a huge difference. It just kind of, reignited um just the my love for training again and, well you
2: know what I, I would say it gets you out of the rut and puts you into the zone like i thought you yeah. said both of those because yeah. that's it it can turn into a rut you know it can right yeah. there's yeah. some days where like especially now where i live in Calgary. like you see my building like it's i'm a five minute walk from every necessity the, like a safe way i can see out my window like even you're yeah. like a friggin' 10 minute drive or whatever right which is yeah. awesome that's that's big for us i but, know yeah. where you live and, now like,
1: sorry go ahead there's not that many buildings around that safe way <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, right. uh, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it, it's 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 weird though, right? Because I know that they're trying to turn Calgary in a sense into New York, where like they have like all the amenities you don't really need to leave the condo like below me there's sure. like a pokeball place there's a gym inside my condo that's that's pretty pretty decent right but like yeah getting out there and like well brian and i even have a schedule here we're going to go down to the arnold and see uh dr scott stevenson john meadows uh speak and oh, yeah. dr eric nice. serrano talk and like yeah like even even we you just said that like having things locally aren't there like andrew you know you didn't mention a single local event you know what i mean everything was in the u.s so like yeah. brian and i are like fucking <laughs> off down to there because you know we got it because we wanted only do we want to meet these people but like uh, even as you just said dean like this is finally not about business like it's not that i don't want to talk about business but it's like man if i meet you and everything out of your mouth is like social media email oh, marketing fuck. whatever it's like do, do you actually fucking like this or like are you in this like 100 percent for the dollar signs and the first thing i hear you talk about is like how like little money you're making as opposed to like how good your diet is or whatever like it's just, it's just a fucking piss off well, we yeah. do have
0: one i'll throw it out there because uh the There'll be two events this year. Obviously, there'll be the uh, the L two one again. And last year, that's where we yeah. met. Uh, what was it? Eric Helms, Sahili, Doctor Spencer Nadolsky, and Martin McDonald came, and that was pretty cool for Edmonton. And then Dean Somerset yeah, and Tony cool. Gentlecore doing uh, their hip and shoulder stuff, their new re- revamped version. Here, I believe it's in June. I know I'm registered for it, whatever it is. So, and I'm gonna get the boys on. And uh,
1: there hasn't get- been one seminar where I haven't met someone. Even the people that I haven't that have been presenting the people that have taken it like I think when I went to Dean Somerset's one in Vancouver like I got a Chris Duffin was there and like I'm into powerlifting and stuff and I guess I'm sitting beside like the, one of the strongest dudes in the world and I'm like I'm sitting beside that fucking dude I'm being his friend but like there's always people in the crowd that are like I said when you put money down the line for something you know that they at least yeah. care enough to like search out stuff and they'll have a good show yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah.
3: I've uh that's one thing that I, I started doing a long time ago I don't know why I guess because I've I'm always guilty about, I don't like getting things for free, you know, and and I've always been that way. And and even when I got started in coaching, I always would pay for information. Even when people would be very generous with their time and say, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. You know, I would still give them something or if they have a consulting rate, I would never dick I'd just pay it, you know? And, uh, that's, that benefited me a lot. That's something I continue to do is just like, if you're, you're getting value from someone like just pay them for their time you know, well, because it just, and they, you, they notice it and they appreciate it and it comes back to you. And that really <laughs> does
1: answer some of this stuff with allying and working with people. Cause a lot of these people end up becoming partners because you pay for their time and, and they see yeah. that you care enough to yeah. almost mentor you in a way. You know what I mean? Like everyone I paid information paid for, for information I've kept around in my circle cause they, they realize that you're serious. And I think that that's all the price yeah. tag is half the time.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, um and it's just such a respect thing too because i mean it's, it's your time gets so crushed with with online coaching like you're you're constantly working that when uh, you know when someone comes goes out of their way to pay you for it it's uh, it just i don't know it, it it definitely kind of sets you apart and i find you just get better relationships that way like people there's much more value and People are gonna. So many th-
1: yeah. People are gonna visit Brian now, and they're gonna email him asking him for money. <laughs> what's <laughs> let, That's
3: right, That's right. <laughs>
1: what's some of the stuff
0: that you guys have experienced that you you know you would caution people to avoid in future? Uh, I'm gonna i to tease Marty a little bit because we've been chirping at Brian. So oh, my <clears throat> my first experience with Marty. Well, there's two. One, I saw him up on stage, uh, emceeing the Muscle Beach where I had a client in that uh, a couple years ago. But two. Uh, whoever was running his Instagram account way back when had uh started spam posting that, you know, that like those fake bullshit comments on my thing. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And I see this stuff. <laughs> <and> it's like <laughs> So then Nick Sorrell goes and is on our podcast and tells you, like, hey, you should get my uh my guy Marty on the podcast. I'm like, I'm like, no, this is a guy who like had his account. Go and like post on like, my and of course, I, I end up hearing more and more and I meet you, and you're just awesome. And we keep bringing
2: you back. But oh, it's like great post, check out my account for great fitness dicks I and mean, tips. I mean, really much, much. <laughs> what happened. I, I was like, My god, we, how the hell do I shut this off? Like, those those <laughs> <laughs> were banned because those was all like, yeah. I, it was like losing followers and like people are like commenting back. They're like, I'm gonna ban you from Instagram. So thank god, I, I, I sorted that out. I'm really happy you mentioned that because like that's like. The worst type of, we'll say, marketing or whatever, right? But, yeah, like, uh, I, I appreciate that, though. Like, I I, cause I, I don't want to put that stuff out there, but the, there it was. And then before, you know what, Brian's getting the same thing. He just happened to have a whole bunch of uh, not exactly straight accounts following him. And, like, you know, here he can we
1: are. Can we actually, like, because this isn't, like, this isn't wrong. Brian had a really good story earlier. And I think that, like... Like there, the, there's all these tactics like I don't know I don't know much about the gay community but when they send stuff they're like trying to like fish for for likes or for possibly a date and people have gotten dick pics a lot of people Brian in particular but he had this really good one I thought it was like a really good technique it didn't work but I feel like it would be a high percentage like play can you just explain the message you got in Instagram?
3: Well, I, you know, forgive me. I don't know the the precise technical nomenclature, but like, I got a, I got a, a <laughs> I've had several of these messages where you got to click, click to see the pic, <laughs> and you clicked. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of a kid at heart, and I love getting presents, and, and you know, and just it's like getting a Christmas present. I'm like, oh wow, what's getting get me behind it. Like, is it a dog pic? You know, is it? I don't know, a sultry woman. I don't know, or is it, you know. Great yeah. fitness Sultry. information, Sultry. Sultry. you know, Ruben-esque. You know, like, is is a great fitness info, and it's always a dick. It's just, you're Those like,
2: are just bro. accounts that I'm making, Brian, and just spamming at different accounts, and I'm like, I know Brian, I'm gonna trick them, Brian. Out. This is like, so you know, know you're old.
1: You're that guy that will like literally like pay to get like the the billion dollar treasure from a like a Saudi Arabian prince. You're like, I, I gotta check it. It could be right.
3: No, they're from Nigeria usually. And, yeah, um, that's you know, true. I'm financing a prince in Nigeria, I think, and he sends me dick pics. <laughs> Same dude.
1: He actually sent your email to everyone. It's like this dude. He likes presents.
3: But no, is no, you know that, that the first time it was such a you know kind of like a a visceral violation. I, I not so much because I have anything against dick pics, you know, but it's just I thought I was getting a gift of some kind because I wrap it and
0: but you that's what I really it.
3: understood, like how offended people get when you know when they get these unsolicited dick pics, you know. I just think it's the next level when you package it behind something where you got to click to make the picture appear. You know, that's just...
2: That's the actual definition of clickbait. Yeah, that (laughs) is, yeah. 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 Anyway.
3: I have them on file, I'll send them to you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what are some of the other things you guys have seen, the bad stuff of the industry, or in general... I don't want to say this. Just like bad stories of bad partnerships, or just anything in the industry that people should be kind of wary of.
3: Okay. Okay. Do you want to like? Do you want to talk like coaching and protocol? Uh, well, we're or, we're or going all talk, like...
0: We're going all over that too. I was thinking more in lines of kind of like the partnership and alliance type stuff, but you know, we we're going to stomp all the fuck over bad coaching
2: practices too.
3: Yeah. Well, like Marty, like both Marty and I, we do our own thing. Like he, you do a lot. Like Marty has a lot of competitors. Lot yeah.
2: Of good... For for the most part, it was a lot of like either yeah. competitors or people that really want to get close to competitive shape for something like a photo shoot or whatever, right? Yeah. And we talked about that a little bit last time on the podcast I was on about like the whole competitive scene, or whatever. And just uh, I I don't care for it. And and I know that so- it sounds wild that I'm in it, but I'm in it to try to like yeah. I'm not saying not necessarily make things right, but like to put my stamp on it that you this can be an industry that you can have those good partnerships or you can have those good alliances with. Right? Like I just got resigned. We'll say resigned on like a like a movie star contract, or whatever, right? Just got <laughs> resigned to do the emceeing jobs again here for the ABBA, and like I love that stuff, right? That's my way to give back. Um, especially now that I'm in Calgary, I don't have to get a hotel and drive for it, but I love being able to do that, right? To because the amount of times I saw either my competitors or any competitor up on stage getting their name pronounced wrong as their last name, like all it takes is two seconds. If you ever see me, like I just turn around say hey how do i say your last name real quick and, and then poof you say it, and then that doesn't embarrass them that gives them more confidence you don't hear brian Crahan. it's like okay <laughs> f- thanks for that my mom doesn't even know i'm fucking competing now because it's brian crayon but yeah like it just and so for, for, for the bad stuff in that like i see there's lots of teams and things like that like uh funny enough yeah. i just had uh one of my my good friends now here, sarah prudome she's been helping me out with posing my girls here and she's been a phenomenal asset for me she came mm-hmm. to my my condo gym here twice we videoed uh some exercises we're going to do some posing stuff for her because but yeah like there are people there it's just like uh have i been burnt sure thing but like to being able yeah. to have that like just really you know gives me that mm-hmm. i could get that rut and put me into that zone right but yeah um yeah. and then for yourself brian you like well what's your what's your primarily uh, demographic there for who you work with online it's it's well i, I kind of
3: i hate using the word i target but i kind of i guess I, I write towards men but I, I have a kind of a balance between men and women It's all people who Want to look like they compete, but don't want to. Don't want to go to like to your level. Like they don't want to actually put on the the mankini and get on stage. You know, yep. but they want to. You know, they want to be in the lifestyle enough that they could. You know, that they're that they're in the mix, and that they look like it. They belong. You know. Yep. Um, and I use a lot of basically all bodybuilding protocols with most of them, but I try to adjust it to their lifestyle and their training history and their priorities and stuff like that.
2: So. so I'll I'll even steal the thunder here from the two hosts here, and I'll ask you this. When you lived in New York there for a bit, how did you find the alliances in New York? Like, yeah. That's a different ballgame compared to Canada here. How did you find that for, yeah, the fitness alliances, we'll call it?
3: Well, that's the thing, man. It doesn't really change because I'm all online. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's – you know where where your postal code or zip code is, it just – all that really changes when you move, and I've moved quite a bit the last ten years. Like all that right. really changes is, are these external influences, and and you know, but you know, you go to the gym, and it's like any gym. You you see great trainers, and you see shady trainers, and you see you know, um. So nothing really changes in that regard. So, uh, like so, being in New York, there was a lot more, there was a lot more terrible training, <laughs> you'd say, because everyone's you know everyone's a wannabe celebrity, but um, sure. In terms of what I do, I mean, it didn't really affect that. I mean, my compass is pretty – that's the thing. I had a pretty set way of doing things before I started helping people. You know, I did, you know, I, kinda, I got my experimentation years behind me, so, mm. um, you know, you still pick up things. Like, I've learned a lot from you,
1: Marty, and uh, –
3: Oh, you,
1: know, you know, well, a lot of what well, not to do, I should say. But the sounds <laughs> yeah, exactly, there we go, perfect. But the sounds of it, though, like it, it sounds like it, it's kind of hard to find good partnerships. Like, there's nothing in here sounded like it was easy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say there's not a lot of good people, but there's not a lot of good people that will mesh with what yeah. I guess you do as an individual. I guess that's hard. <laughs> Especially because you yeah. need someone that plays off your strengths and stuff too like because you guys are in different realms and you're maybe not partnership completely but you guys you guys use each other for like your networks and I don't know there, there's like some mutual benefit to being aligned with certain people I'm sure it's just it's hard to navigate well,
3: yeah like the, the most invaluable thing is you invariably get someone you get a client and you're just like what what like what am I not seeing like what am mm. I not doing you know and uh, you just get someone else to you know you run the scenario by them and you just get feedback and of course you want to be particular with who you you know with whose brain you pick because you don't want to get terrible information or the wrong advices as, uh, as arnold would say so um in that respect it's about you know it's, it's good to have a kind of it's good to have a really small tight network of really qualified people and then yeah, of course yeah. have a larger network of just you know you know other fitness enthusiasts and stuff like that but i don't uh, you'll never see me on facebook <laughs> like i see sometimes asking Hey, I got a client who has this predicament. Oh, what do I do? I'm like, holy Christ. Like you're a coach. I mean, That's that's that predicament. That's the PN yeah. coaching
1: group. Like, they literally take the PN course and they ask, like, basic questions. And be like, did you even read the fucking first two paragraphs and your oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Like Like, like but that, that's probably one of the bigger things that, like, I really appreciate having Brian around for is being able to ask those coaching questions, right? Like, Brian and I have droned on endlessly with each other and, like, kind of gotten, like, mad and heated. And, like, not not at each other, just that like, the situation We like, kind of sit there for a bit and stew is that where yeah. is the how to coach coaches on how to coach? Right. There's so much coaching on how to build your business on how to do this. And like, of course, there's like there's the the macro stuff. There's the precision nutrition. There's the Mac University. There's the junk online certifications or even in person can pro whatever you want to pick it but where is it showing how to take care of your clients sure precision nutrition then their second part has like a little bit of like if they're high adherence and they're high motivation do this or whatever but it's yeah. not that fucking simple it's like being able to read someone and like yeah. and uh brian and i kind of talked a little bit before about this is like putting them into like your cookie cutter into your box is just not going to work every single client is so is so fucking different like in a in a in, and i know you, you'll hear that lots but like I don't talk to the to everyone with the same stuff. Like, sure, I've been a ass- assessment template, but like, yeah. let's say sleep is always bang on for some client. I have I have a I have whatever. I have a so someone that's got a lucrative schedule and they're able to sleep bang on. Then I won't pay attention to that. Now I have someone that's a nurse uh, working a second job in contest prep. Now that question becomes so much more heavily weighted. So like to yeah. fit someone into that box and only that, but able able to ask Brian to be like, hey, when their sleep is sucking. How, what, what do you yeah. do for this? And then he'll say, well, what are you doing about this? Right. It's being able to not only have someone else to troubleshoot, but put them through through there, right. we'll say, a uh, uh, coaching funnel in a sense of yeah. like, OK, yeah. shake it to the bottom like a game of Plinko. If you guys remember, prices, is right. It's like, OK, no, no, no. Bam. OK, tell, them to shut up and sleep. Bam. Shut up and put the kids to bed early or something like that. And that's invaluable.
3: Yeah, like, man, the more I coach and the more people I work with, the more it is. Like the sets and reps and the stuff that something that really jacks me up and, and and I find cool is so low down the list in, in priority. I mean, it, it's 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 it's, manu- it's managing lifestyle and stress and and you know, but not being a dick about it. You can't you can't tell somebody, "Well, get rid of your kids," you know, or you know, <laughs> or, you know your your husband's an asshole, like that kind of thing. It, it's all you know. It's learning how to to insert yourself into those contexts and not be a not be way out of bounds and and b actually be effective you know give people ideas to structure their life a little bit better because as soon as you can get somebody into a structure you know it's just like throwing gasoline on the fire like everything happens so much faster so i mean like my initial client call with people like all i do is i go through their assessment and i basically just ask them how they like what how did they how did they answer this question not so much what their answer was like when I ask them about their work schedule, I, you know, or, or stuff like that, I try to get behind it and see where their motivation is and see, you know, what's important to them. You know, so like to me, like that's where the gold is in coaching. Like that's where you got to start mining. Because I mean the sets and reps and protein and carbs and macros and like that. Yeah, it's fucking important, obviously, but it's so.
1: I don't know. It's, it doesn't really matter at the end. Of, like in terms yeah, of it as long as they're. Pr-
3: it's yeah, yeah.
1: I hate I saying that like, oh the more I learn, the more I realize that like a lot of this shit just doesn't matter. Like it does. Like obviously if it's, if it's checked off, but like it's, it's usually the other stuff. Like it's just not low hanging fruit a lot of the times. Well, like, he, like
3: here's the thing. Like just yesterday I, uh, I had a call with somebody and, and we're literally, we're, we're literally arguing like macro percentages on the phone. he's said like, well, I've always gotten lean, you know, doing more of a, you know, 50% protein, 30% blah, 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 Back, And I'm like, and I'm sitting here and I we had just had a discussion about his travel schedule, how he's in Shanghai, and then he's in Moscow, and I'm like, and he well, I can't log when I travel. And I'm like, why are we having this like why are we arguing about, you know, ten percent more carbs here and less here? Like this is yeah. it's academic, it's useless. I mean, like, look at your fucking life, dude. We gotta fix that, you know. <laughs> and then it's like this light bulb moment, oh yeah, you know, maybe that maybe that random street food I was eating in in, you know, on the streets of, of Taipei, maybe that wasn't like you know, didn't fit my diet, these exact percentages. Like, yeah, maybe.
0: Maybe that chicken wasn't
3: actually chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, Sorry. So, yeah, it's it just, I think you have to kind of take a step back. A good coach kind of takes a step back from all the tools and just, just focuses on their client and, and all the context behind that. So,
1: well, and that, and that I don't like. I don't want to say that's a horrible. Like it's it's almost like we're yeah. talking about like what are some of the horrible things you can do as a coach, and it, it's not to say yeah. don't do the stuff that you've been taught, but it's it, it does need to be more, and I don't I don't think a lot of that stuff is taught. I don't think you no. can teach no. it. No, the stuff that's in the certifications obviously
0: most of the certifications don't teach yeah. you anything. If you are getting into <clears throat> good textbook, uh, the the basics of human physiology. Mm-hmm. Basics of human psychology, definitely nutritional science. These are all, these are the things that people need to know. But as Brian keeps saying in one way or another is you will benefit from the experience of coaching a wide variety of different people. I've learned a lot. I mean, I'm probably, uh, based on some loose math, I'm a a bit over 13,000 client training hours in eight years and that's Mm -hmm. on the floor in person stuff. So I blast sessions upon sessions. I've been, very fortunate mm-hmm. to be really, really busy for a long time. And I love it. I can sustain yep. that. I, I like working seven days a week and then finding yep. time for this shit. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> right. the amount of stuff you learn from exactly. that and something that you said I really liked and, and I jump on this. It's not always what a client answers in a question, but it's actually kind of the way wow. that they answer it. If someone is very emphatic about something, then I'll jump on that. Or I one of my favorites uh, is... I ask a question and they'll go, uh, no, no, not really. And I'm like, well, no and not really are two mutually (laughs) exclusive things, which is it? And you peel
1: back layers and find out what's really going on. Well, even knowing when to like shut your mouth, like sometimes I know the the right answer and I know they're not ready for it. So it's like, let's just do what the fuck you want. Like you almost have to like play that game sometimes. And I guess that comes with experience, but it also comes with reading, knowing people, coaching, being exposed to more people. Having partnerships where you can ask those questions, but like you have to somehow find the answers. I'm going
0: to say something that some might find controversial. I don't think it's really that big a surprise. I think a lot of coaches spend way too much time and waste a lot of their time planning programs for clients. I think that when it comes down to it, when you educate your clients on how to actually make decisions based on kind of how they're feeling or what's going on, You can write up a lot of program templates. And, of course, I write programs for my clients. But, you know, you you go and put an hour in for every client session that you do on the floor. You're wasting a lot of time. And people Mm -hmm. are like, what the hell? Like, I'm not saying don't prepare for your clients. I'm saying that that workout that you write and the meticulous amount of weight and reps that you program, that client comes in and goes, man, I didn't sleep very well last night. Guess what? That's all out the fucking window immediately. My point is this. Be great at making decisions, not hap- haphazardly or on the fly per se, but knowing Absolutely. how to move with it. You have your program, you have what you intend to do, but I, I build that stuff in my mind. I don't sit down for most client sessions and go, okay, well we're going to do eight reps of this and then we're going to move over. Like I, that's not how I work. First of all, I wouldn't have the time to be able to do that sort of stuff. Instead, it's more seeing how the client feels that day. And then sometimes it's building within the template that I know I've already built a program for that client and then we yep. go through but, what they're able to do that day, and sometimes
1: the, they're stronger. But like that's the where some of the shit doesn't matter. It's the hammer of like consistency and adherence. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: yeah. I just feel like I, you can do a lot of work yeah. that will be wasted effort if you are just really trying to scientifically optimize every little aspect of your client experience. When in fact, the things that really matter are probably a lot more nuanced.
2: So the biggest parallel I have to that, and my mom explained this to me, is like, it's like teaching. So in, back in the day, there was, uh, when I lived in Nova Scotia, there was actually Nova Scotia Teachers College. It was an entire college for that. But my, my, like, I even asked her, is there, is there a single class that teaches you how to teach? And she said, said no. And like, and so if you look back at any of your teachers or profs or wherever you had some standout profs or teachers, you had some really terrible ones, but it's not because of their lack of knowledge or because of their scientific database. I, I would even challenge that to some of the best, uh, teachers have less knowledge and we'll say macro training whatever knowledge mm-hmm. but they know how to frigging teach or whatever right like and you can even think about maybe if there was a kid that was not uh, the, the speediest in your class and like the teacher had the program and they weren't being able mm-hmm. to catch that program they had to change their teaching style because that that's a good mm-hmm. teacher right and so there's the same thing there's no there's no um course on how to coach or, or how to train correctly but but my God, like I, I've said quite a few times, I could know a quarter, an eighth of what I know in terms of the technicality stuff yeah. and still be a phenomenal coach because you. Listen to the damn client and you adapt to them. Like, like Brian said, the lifestyle stuff like that is it. Like you could have the most phenomenal fucking perfect program. That's going to build you into Dorian Yates in like three weeks or your money back gear free. but now like, <laughs> you do it. you're, totally you're going to do it, right? How Why much? I that program. I'll email it to you. Dorian just sent it to me yesterday. I paid five grand for it. Don't worry. Anyway. Have you
0: ever, have you ever seen pictures of Dorian when he first started out? It's like Jay Cutler, right? Yeah. Like you want to understand yeah how powerful a role genetics play in, like, pro bodybuilders especially, go back and find some photos of Dorian and Jay Cutler when they first started out. These guys look like amateur bodybuilders ready to get their pro cards. He probably, (laughs)
1: like, first time he walked in the gym, probably squatted 400 pounds for, like, 10. Well,
0: there's a a story, I don't know if this is true or not, uh, of Jay Cutler was able to bench, like, three plates when his first time in the gym. I don't know if that, that sounds ludicrous, but it's very plausible.
2: Dorian was like uh, like a, a street punk pretty much, right? Like if you look at some of his, like, his older pictures, like when he was like 12 to 16, like he with the black and white photos, he's got like a tattoo on him. He literally looks like he rolled out of the yeah. movie yeah. Grease, for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. Hair slicked back and like, there's genetics. and He like, still yeah. looks like I mean, that. Like, I would love to have seen like the month to month photos of his first six months. It would have just been like, this is my progress in five years on on everything. And here's his progress on like white bread. It's like, Jesus. my God. It's like an
3: don't get me rambling about old school bodybuilding, man. This will be a five-hour fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, you got it. But it's just yeah. like
2: that—that's that, the whole, the whole perfect thing, though, right? Like, even yeah. though, so then when you to to go into that further, if yeah. you combine how frigging smart Dorian was compared to most other bodybuilders, he did coach himself for I think almost the entire point. Like, yeah, of course he appealed to authority and got tips or whatever. But how meticulous the guy was. So that's the perfect yeah. programming, and perfect nutrition meeting the 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 deal. You know, just go in and just balls to the wallet out, like. There's so much to like the blood and guts' D V D is not a training D V D in terms of an instructional one, but holy crap, if you just sit back and take that ten thousand mile look and just say, What is he doing? It's all there in terms of how to be will say successful yeah. as a bodybuilder, right? Especially in terms of how much he interests himself, how much he, yeah. he stretched, everything. Like just it was, it's all there. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: Let's have some fun with some of the bad practices, because we sort of intended to go there. Obviously, we've got to balance it with good practice. But what's yeah. some of the stuff that drives you guys crazy that you see amongst coaches and to warn, you know, the enthusiast, someone who's looking for a coach about red flags?
2: I'll I'll start, and I was like, "I'll uh, fucking take this." He's like, "Go on for this, whatever." But I was just straight, straight up defaming. I even had a girl who signed up here a couple days ago, and she said her entire first prep was like, every assessment was like what she was doing wrong, and and never ever like you're doing good or you're doing better. But it was just constantly defamation, right to the point of shaming. And I I even first off or right in the first part of the email thanked her and said. Thank you for not losing faith in either the, the coaching industry, the fitness industry, whatever, not being scared out of the gym. Because I've had that happen. I've had people compete, and then they hire me afterwards because of whatever, the coaching. And, like, I haven't been able to, quote, unquote, save them. And that and that fucking kills me because yeah. there's someone that had, not only had an interest in the gym, but had an interest to compete. And now that is completely robbed from them? Like... Holy crap, right? Like so. So th- that's that's my first one is I see way too much shaming, and not, not 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 to parallel it and say that you you should be nothing but a cheerleader, but like where is the honest feedback? And just as opposed to, or we're completely saying it's not not my not my fault, not the coach's fault. It's you're not following the plan, and just like shut up and do the plan better. Like that that that's oh I, yeah, I could go on for that further. I'm remembering yeah.
0: something real quick because uh, this is actually, Marty. I think I'm pretty sure she's one of your clients. You work with her, Alicia. So I'm remembering. Yep. That Alicia was briefly coached by a guy I know. He won't listen to this, so he'll never know. And he was telling oh, me this. I don't this, to it already. actually may not. Well, we'll see. Um, okay. So he put her. He was telling me that he had her on six meals a day of, I believe, it was chicken and broccoli, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he Spices? gave her like and he gave her like a little bit of peanut butter. This guy has oh, wow. no qualifications whatsoever. <laughs> uh, he Was trying to get you know, into coaching the girls was
2: like. I'll, I'll steal the thunder air because that was kind of in between because we were still coaching together it was after one of her shows mm. and then like she kind of said hey can you meet this person if you talk to this person and like cause she sent me her plan and i was like and she was gaining weight off like I was, like, I was yep. like, and then of course she ended up telling me that she was binging on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And it's like not to put her down at all because like I'm happy she had that experience because then she came back and she did phenomenal in her, her, uh, her shows after that. It's amazing like, now. She's doing it was, it was so just, well. Yeah, it, it was not only yeah. that, but then uh too, it's it's uh like, you know, she was recommended very insane drug protocols because just that's that's oh, the knowledge. Right? Like there, There's – there's number two for me. Sorry, Brian. I'm not giving you any chance to, to speak here, but <laughs> here's number two is starving <laughs> drugs, starving yeah. drugs, starving drugs. drugs, starving drugs. And like, so, and before does it work? Sure. But you're not only your mental health, but your physical health will just pan out. And I'm really happy you mentioned that Andrew, because like, yeah, like, they're, like I, I really, I really like that, especially because uh, I, Brian, I'm sure you get this too, is that you almost have like one coach syndrome. In other words, they hire you and they think you're whatever and they have no experience with another coach or whatever, and then they go to someone else, and for maybe they find someone that's better, that's fantastic, a better fit or whatever, or they see and they go, Holy shit! Maybe, maybe this was great with the with the other with with, with me or with Brian or whatever. And yeah. so then, and like, and how how flattering is that if they come back in that sense though, right? And like, mm-hmm. and that's cool is that you can kind of pull the ship back into the right the right yeah. situation. But yeah, like like how, we, we don't need to talk about that again about the whole chicken and broccoli or chicken <laughs> and cucumber. I think at one point it went to chicken and cucumber, which was like even less calories than broccoli. God's sake, but yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, yeah, because the calorie difference between cucumber and broccoli, man, that's going to that's gonna torpedo everything.
2: That's oh, well, that was the secret. But right? You don't have to drink water then. With the other coach, because I was not telling her this. If you have cucumber, you don't have to drink water. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Take sure. that one step out of your day. You don't have to plan. Just cucumber. Yeah.
1: Brian, Unleash.
3: Well, here's a, here's a classic example, man. It's just like people who, who will – and I don't want to shit on other coaches, but remember when it was working alcohol into your macros, that was the coolest thing to do. (laughs) And and people had like, you know, Oh, Mm -hmm. like this type of beer has this, you know, has this many calories and Oh clear, you know, vodka is is, is the best and everyone's going on and on and never taking like a step back to say, okay, like what is this person's goal? And more importantly, what is their context? Like what do they use alcohol for? You know, again, I work with a lot of kind of middle-aged guys and, you know, means and methods to de-stress, be it alcohol or otherwise, are like, you know, that comes up right away. And you can't, you know, you can't just blindly suggest things and help people work a vice back into their lifestyle if privately they've been trying to get over this vice for some time (laughs) or they they need to get over it. So, I mean, I think that's the the biggest thing in coaching, biggest flaw in coaching is people just focusing on the back rows or that, or that end goal and not looking at all the other contexts that like, cause you said it, Marty, but like, people, especially with co- competitors, cause they will get into this. Mm. They'll go down that rabbit hole. And it's such a, you know, it's such a hard process, and they get completely burnt out.
1: Well, and oh, yeah. they're very yeah. good clients, usually, in those scenarios. Like, they'll listen to anything you say, and they're susceptible, oh, and that. then you have the power to fuck them up. And I don't I don't even know if a lot of people mean to do that, and that's where there's okay. a difference between predatory and just being shitty. You know, sure. like, predatory will work in alcohol because he knows he can get them, or they'll they'll starve them <coughs> because they, they know that they're fucking um, – they're well, going to do and,
3: it. Yeah, and that's why trading – competitors like not to shit on you marty i mean but you'll pro- like the macros and stuff like that part is so easy because they'll do it you know like and they'll report in and they'll report accurately they will weigh yep. their cucumbers you know yep. they will like yep. you know they'll do that and and it's so it's kind of easy that you can just give this advice well let's uh let's remove you know five grams of carbs a day mm. and, and it, might, it might even make a difference because they are such freaking robots and yeah and but you can't take that and apply it to joe blow Mm -hmm. you know know, who uh has a business lunch every day and does the best he can you know make it you know but it's just not you you can't make him fit him into that kind of framework and so i mean that that's what i find like lifestyle coaching like the lifestyle client it's so much harder in that respect because oh yes i I can't just fire numbers at them i mean i mean in that respect working with bodybuilders is easy i mean not the last four weeks i mean that's you know that's hard but um (laughs) Yeah, so, like, I mean,
2: let us let, let, say that they're like, you, they ask you, and I I know you've got this question too. And probably all all, all all four of us have is what's the best type of alcohol? I'm gonna go out and drink. I want to minimize calories or whatever, or do I eat this whatever Everclear. Like, and so and so they ask <laughs> exactly, exactly Everclear, right? And so you, you, I I've seen like an even my my youth will say I've done this. Well, I've, I've recommended that, but the question I should be asking, like Brian said, like is this a vice for them? Yeah, like yeah. And now am I enabling them to now go out and get shit faced? and then. Yeah.
3: What is what is their sleep like the next two days?
2: Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that, so on now, that, are they replacing the calories with alcohol? Like. Uh, quick quick, quick! science tips. You can actually take something away here. Uh, cal- uh, alcohol is seven calories per gram. It's a lot like water in the gas tank. You can't really use those calories effectively, and then you've got to spend energy to get the water out of the gas tank. But regardless, like let's say that now I'm telling this person that's been an alcoholic, and now yeah. because they're dieting, they're needing something to escape or whatever, and now you're, you're saying, okay, drink this. And then before you know it, you have a full-blown alcoholism issue. Th- yeah. That's that's again the, the coaching just isn't there then right? They're not asking yeah. the like uh, Dean, Dean said like the bigger questions. I'll say that it's never ever the answers that you're going to give your clients. It's always the questions you ask them that make yeah, them the come to their own answers.
1: Because they're sure. but they're looking for the answer. Like you can include it in like the, the what documentary the Ronnie Coleman one. I heard this a few times because the one time he's like oh I had my best show and I he told me to drink some vodka and I came out oh, yeah. super lean oh. and then that that does perpetuate the myth like man I look shredded after I get drunk. Is that like a thing and like, you could easily... They're looking for you to be like, yeah, fucking drinking is the best. makes you look fucking sick. There's and, like, a, that's usually the wrong answer, but... Well, Marty, yeah. you
0: just said something there, and this is something I've been thinking, and I've encountered this a lot, and I find... I mean, it's prevalent with, with men, for sure, but I find it's a little, little stronger with women, um, where there is some sort of regular alcohol behavior, wine... It's just sort of the socially acceptable well, also, stuff yeah. that may or may not be masking more deeply rooted <laughs> alcoholic-type tendencies... <laughs> but in some cases, it's a no-go zone initially for them. Emotionally, they're not willing to give it up. So sometimes to make progress, you actually do have to work around it. And yeah. again, it, the it what just Scott got said, you, uh, you, Marty, you said like asking the right questions, to get them to arrive at stuff. And where I've seen success with that particular type of client is not where I said, hey, you have to stop drinking. That's, that's a pointless mm. thing to say to someone. Because that's not going not gonna to change shit. But if you get them so in enjoying the gym environment, they, they find that it's fulfilling. And sometimes people just arrive at this place where they realize, well, drinking is inconsistent with my, my identity, who I want to be. And then the drinking behavior starts to diminish a little bit. And I, I can think of one client particular, and her drinking was never out of control. But it was just a regular part of the, the sort of the lifestyle. And sure enough, just really enjoyed getting into the gym really super strong. And all of a sudden there's less drinking and yep. then she's leaner and she she's just looking like a million bucks and she's doing cool shit like chin-ups and you know what? It just reinforces something that she's arrived at is way more positive for her without me ever having... I ever came near saying, hey, you need to drink less. I didn't even go near it. She just arrived at that on her own. Once and you, I've seen that several well, times. Once you
1: feel better and you kind of add that shit back in, you realize what shit actually feels like. If you're doing it all the time, shit just feels normal. But then when you actually get a taste of the good stuff... And, like, what life can actually be like, then it affects you a little bit more.
0: Something that I was thinking along the way, and you know, use the word predatory, and a particularly nasty behavior that I've seen a bit, and I've heard a lot about it, and it seems to be a, a common with some of these starving drugs coaches as well, is they will walk around in gyms, and they will approach... The girls that they think might, it, Marty's making faces. He knows oh, where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, where they will go up, pants off, and, and it's one of several behaviors. One is it'll pay a compliment. <laughs> Marty is getting hot. <laughs> they'll pay a compliment, but they'll say, you yep. know, hey, you'd look great up on, you know, you'd make a great bikini competitor, or you'd do great if you did oh. this, you know, if you only lost like maybe 20 pounds, and so it attacks the self esteem. And if you get a, a vulnerable or slightly insecure girl, who Mm-hmm. You know, it hits that right button or whatever. I mean, I think a lot of people just hate this kind of behavior, and I think it's awful. But I think yeah, for some vulnerable people, it does work. And these coaches are continuously doing this stuff. And I've seen yeah. well-known local <clears throat> competitive coaches who've had some success who are kind of notorious for this crap. And the yeah. other thing well, that no, 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 is really trying that, to bang I've their seen... clients.
2: It don't, not only it happened at the gym but I've seen like uh, funny enough I've seen it at nightclubs I've seen like people go out and they'll they'll find pretty girls and they'll kind of approach them and say like and they'll have their female competitors with them and say like hey you got you look great he's dancing ever think about, you ever think about <laughs> Take like a a bikini show, and then before you know it, like, in the girl go, "Oh, he's so good" or whatever. And they're not yeah. even taking into any kind of psychological issue, any kind of eating or, or disorder issue. I've kind of retained the like. I was I was trying to think if it actually still is true or not, but I I definitely at one point talked more people, especially emails, out of shows than yes. I had shows. just just because like I don't want that on my conscience, right? To have like a first place or whatever under my belt and say, Hey, I've got 15 clients in a show versus eight that are either going to be ready or, or whatever. I, I'll never do that. And, th- and that's again, why, why I like Brian so much in that regard is because he's not going to put any kind of uh, psychological or physical health into any of his clients because that, that, that's the thing, because when you, when, all, when especially the, the, the language right here is when they, when a the coach says I have got my client a first place, or I got a first place, oh, no, no, God. no, you can't do shit. Well, like, you know what i mean like i'm being very aggressive there very black and white but yeah. like, my clients got the result i was like 10 15 i was i was the guiding light i was the compass or whatever i was the gps but like you got to yeah. drive the damn car and yeah. like you, you can't and to go to someone in the direct equivalent with the gps thing is like you going up to those girls or the guys or whatever and saying hey here's here's what i want you to do on a gps you should drive this way as opposed to like and it's like you try to reroute before No, you no no you're going this way and then the pressures there or whatever and just i've seen that wreck not only lifestyles i've seen people come out yeah. i have a, i have a pro female that i talk to fairly regularly and she goes marty i have no idea who i am now because she was talked into so much stuff from, from her previous coach yeah. that now she has no idea who she is as an identity i think she's 42 43 lost entirely lost and like and eric helms talked about that in the in the seminar then, fanboy on eric again there's because they lose they have no idea why they're even training anymore because yeah. like first, they don't get the first place it's like who am i like, I, I I can't go on that enough about how the identity thing, like, you know, you're not the first place or whatever, but like the whole cherry picking or whatever you said, predatory things like that. There's way too much of that. And, and yeah, I couldn't, can possibly agree with you
0: on that. Something that drives me nuts and I, and I called it out once and it was just kind of a funny thing is when coaches will take credit for things that they didn't do or generally just take credit, all the credit for the client. I'm very, very clear in trying to yeah. make it like, Hey, this is the client's hard work. I've got a client. He's kind of getting pretty well known through my social media. He lost 185 pounds. This kid's awesome. unbelievable. Wow. Um, I met him when he'd already lost 100. He got in research nutrition. He's yeah. He's got better instincts for nutrition and like knowing what's good knowledge versus bad than most of our industry. This kid is smart. Yeah. So he comes into me. He was airing out 400 pound scales. Didn't know how much he weighed. Came to me at 300 pounds. Just started walking. Just stopped eating crap. Just decided he was going to be a different person. And then he wanted to learn to lift weights. And so he continued to lose weight, continued to lose weight. And we've had a lot of posts about it, but I always say like, you know, I didn't, he would have lost all the weight without me. <clears throat> right. We talk mm-hmm. a bit nutrition. He would have found me. a way. Mostly he just kind of already knew that stuff. So I taught him how to move. And, and he's kind of funny. He's six five. He, he kind of moved like a baby giraffe, uh, just learning right. to stand when he first started <laughs> the squat. As a running joke between us. Uh, but now all of a sudden, you know, I think he did 185 pound squat, really, really smooth and crisp looking at parallel or below for five reps. And that was kind of his personal best just yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, he moves a lot better. He just didn't have a lot of coordination to start. It's taken some time and, and a lot of coaching. But he loves lifting. He's really strong. He's doing chin ups on his own. He's got like three or four now body weight. And so I've he... taken a lot of pride in this whole process. But he arrived at this shit on his own, and I really don't. I'm not willing to take credit for it. Now yeah. I saw online a coach put a before photo, two year old photo, and a and a stage photo of a competitor, sure. and. Yep. This competitor did most of it on their own and I think hired the coach somewhere between, it was like four to eight weeks out. And yeah. the, the coach posted the photos and didn't say, hey, look, I took this competitor from here to here, but sure as fucking hell implied it. Didn't yeah. say, hey, you know, I, this this young woman did a really great job on her own last couple of years And, you know, she she hired me eight weeks ago, and I can't take credit for this, but, you know, we did some good work together, and we just dialed it in, and look, she won. The coach replied, and I called the shit out.
2: They, they lose yeah. 150 pounds right they lose 100 before you they lose 50 with you and then you say hey this person's lost 150 pounds without that disclaimer you can't do it if you're going to do that here's yeah. what to do other coaches is put up three photos put up that photo first put up the one that when they started with you and then put up the other one and say hey and yeah. make it make a huge like i use, like to use that like siren emoji and say hey yeah. disclaimer or whatever i did not take <laughs> them from here to here because like like that that's that's like shit bag credit you know what i mean like that's mm-hmm. if you got to do that for yourself to either get more clients or to pump your own ego up my god that, that, that's, that's got to be a rough lifestyle in, in that regard or whatever right because I, I even did that a little while ago when i had a photo of uh like the like the, the the photo of course where they're they're on the couch and they're looking their worst and they're leaned in with their friends and they look really out of shape and then they see their pre-contest or whatever uh a photo in the, and then they don't mention in there that they like you said like you, they did a lot of this on their own or they would have done this on their own but like just don't claim that that would be like a topic number seven and we don't claim credit for yeah. what you didn't do like like i even just mentioned how like, us I didn't put I didn't get first place. I'm not on stage getting that first place. It's them. I can yeah. say like, thank you very much for letting me be part of this success of yours, whatever small to big degree that you believe it is, but don't claim that damn credit. Yeah. you got it you can yeah. claim you
1: yeah you claim what you did like i think that that's where maybe it's just a different sales tactic is like you can tell people what you did do as opposed to taking credit for what you didn't do and i don't i don't know what the percentages are but i mean you'll feel a lot better as a coach you probably have a better retention rate Brian's because people gonna, know what they're getting Brian's going to throw something out there yeah you know, what's Brian is saying oh yeah like
3: that. well i mean it's just the before and after is still like the most powerful marketing tool i mean it's been around for like a hundred years and it's People keep using it because it works. There's nothing like there's nothing stronger at for like especially for that mainstream client just to get right into their psyche and and just see this is what you can do. And you know, every every kind of business person I've talked to has always told me, Oh, you gotta put more of your before and afters out there. And I just I
2: I I have such trouble with it.
3: Not that I don't like I I have I just put one up on Facebook this week.
2: I saw that. I was I was really happy. I was like, thank God you're finally doing that. Great. Because it was mostly just pictures of you without your
0: shirt. Up to that. Yeah, point.
3: Just, you know, it was me as a three-year-old child, and then me today, I'm like, look at all the muscle I gained. You know, yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean, but yeah, but even the one I put up on Facebook this week, she did ninety percent of the work on her own. Of course. And yeah. then even the ten percent of the time with you know, with me, I mean, she still has the work. I mean what I what I would take credit was I helped her um she was carb phobic. That's the thing I'm the most proud of is that she was a sure. total carb phobe. And it's it took literally like eight, at least 18 months for her to start eating carbs and to get over a hundred grams and get around 150 grams and not think she's going to get fat. And then she travels a lot for business. So I got her to get in the mindset, like, okay, we're going to have your work when you're traveling workouts and then we're going to have your structured ones, you know? So she would see every business trip as like a, as a failure because she couldn't train, you know, she couldn't train well. She'd be at a hotel gym, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, just getting her to change her mindset like that I'm, I'm proud of. You know, that I would, you know, I would, if I could put it on a billboard, I would, but like her actual results, they're fucking amazing, but that's all her. Well, and
1: this kind of leads to the, the, like, one of the last things we want to talk about was like, we're talking, we'll talk about before and afters, but like, that's a business practice that can be both bad and good, but, and there it's appealing to the market. So that people are going to buy, but what responsibility does a potential client and a fitness consumer have in not being fooled by, I guess, the bad stuff or the misleading promises? Because that before and after can be. Uh, a really honest answer, I, I accounted for 15% of the journey I did this, this this, or it could be the other person. like, I fucking smashed it, I did all the work. So how do, how do na- users navigate that field?
2: Oh, man, that's a good one. A really, really quick, funny story. I finally, for the first time ever, put up a before and after of my client, Scott, that did really, really well, won overalls and everything. And it was a photo of his back, and he had a tattoo removed from before to after. And it was like a big one and someone said that's that's not the same person <laughs> but like, but, but, he had, like but, he, but he had another tattoo of script and i it was both on facebook and on instagram two different peoples like, what, what, said, what was the tattoo? what was the
3: tattoo it, the tattoo? it,
2: it, it was it was of, like something on his shoulder blade I, I i can tag you and it was hilarious i loved it i couldn't stop, like, stop laughing but like, like he, a big, he,
3: dick or something or like oh it
2: was a gigantic it was it was he was the one that sent you that photo never mind anyways, but <laughs> that was <a> tattoo. <laughs> That, that was his tattoo, right? That he obviously had to remove. He's like, God, what was I thinking when I was drinking, right? But, but, but so he so had it up there. And of course it was a huge change or whatever. He wanted to get it gone because tattoos are still not uh, really like welcomed in the bodybuilding industry on stage. They blur definition, whatever. So he had it taken off. But like yeah, someone tagged and said, Wow, and then one of their friends jumped in and said, Yeah, wow, if it was actually the same person. And I was like, Here, Scott, this is this like and like I it was I, I couldn't stop laughing. I wasn't butthurt about it at all. But then I, I said, like, you can see the script tattoo that's still on the photos and they're like and I get private message from both of them saying, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, that's no problem. <laughs> but that's what you have to look out for. That's what was part of the question, right? It's like if yeah. you see these before and afters, head is cut off. They're not tagged in the photo at all you can't mention them you, you can't say whatever they don't jump in and say yeah marty thanks a bunch for this or whatever because like that was a service out there ladies and gentlemen that you could hire people that will give you a testimonial if you just pay them and say really? and they, they read a script yeah. and they're damn good at it and they'll say thank you so much marty for this go ahead andrew
0: go ahead oh this just reminded me there's a local coach that i've heard a lot of bad stories about um does contest prep stuff <clears throat> and excuse me <clears throat> man my throat today
2: Cut, cut he, just coffee. I see people yep.
0: people that I know have said that he's approached people who are like fit and lean and he's asked them, hey, can I like get a, you know, get like a photo of you and like say that I coached you
2: yeah, or even a photo with them, right? Like, how? yeah. And then yeah.
0: I, I've also heard the same guy has on apparently two separate occasions taken a whole bunch of money for clients and then partway through the prep just fucked off, went down to the US, disappeared for a while, didn't get in touch with anyone, did this to a friend of mine and somehow comes back and is still floating around the industry. So like one of the cool things about being at Evolve is kind of like, <laughs> I get a shit list. <laughs> I've had so many trainers and coaches come in that if there's someone with such a bad reputation and they apply to us, it happened with this one girl who just was a pain in the ass before. She's bragging on our social media that she was going to come to Evolve and I'm just like, Nope. So I don't talk to the owners and here's the deal. Here's what my experience was. She bombed the interview that they already scheduled. They weren't going to let her come in anyway. And she had to disappear with her tail between her legs and go somewhere else. But I just have no time for this kind of crap. Go
2: ahead. So that's a really hard thing too is like we said how how does the client or how does a customer navigate that because you can say do your research or whatever uh, so like really quick tips is that like if someone asks me about that I will I'd say go through my inst- go through my before and afters find whoever you want message them and say hey what about Marty yeah. and then, and then that find past clients don't find current clients find past yeah. ones say why did you leave was it a financial thing? Was it that the coach sucked or whatever? And like giving them both, like just giving them, we'll call them the heavy hitters or, or your phenomenal clients. Of course, they're going to fanboy or fangirl all over you and say, Marty did so much of this for me. Brian did everything like this for me. And and that's just not it. You're going to have fuck ups as as a coach. Like I've had people that I couldn't quote unquote save. Of course I have. But yeah. like, it is your responsibility to to like, you know, get a hold of people, not blindly, just go for flash in the pan marketing or kind of whatever uh, stuff there there is there. But like uh, to, to go in a little bit more on that, uh, what you said about the whole coach disappearing, whatever. I've had at least five times, which you think in my uh, I'll be doing this for 11 years here now as of uh, Valentine's Day in two weeks here. Um, but only five times. But still, I've had people ghost on their their clients a week out, either and it's, it's, you know, in it's, it's wow. so at least three of them have been like boyfriend girlfriend issues or whatever, like as in uh, like they're they're interested in the client now their girlfriend doesn't like them or something like just bullshit or whatever, right? And then they're high and dry, and so they contact me and like and I'm like you you have to like that's that's a, not only a sinking ship let's say they're ready let's say they're not ready and to try to navigate that but like. How, how do you prepare for that if you, like, don't don't necessarily hire friends or whatever right like that that yeah. that's a really that's a really hard thing too like sure could, could i die at brian of course could, could he die at me sure but that's a, that's a little bit different from like you getting your friend at the gym who is a trainer to 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 train you and before you know what they get scared or whatever or or they screw off to a trip to bali or whatever like that stuff does happen and so i'm trying to give I'm trying to think about even just when i'm talking here more more tips for that how to navigate outside of research is like but it, I don't I don't know, like, Brian, would you say like to talk to other coaches? Because like that, that's a hard thing, too, is because like I've had people that either for whatever reason I needed or wanted to will say leave me for whatever for whatever reasons or let's say they want to go to a, a higher level. And I've recommended coaches because yeah. like especially if they're in the U.S. and they want someone in person like, uh, for instance, I'll, I'll use my girl Sarah here that I use for posing. She does Skype stuff for bikini. But then I use a, a gentleman named Kenny Wallach. For my posing for my male bodybuilders and for my classic yeah. physique guys, because not only is be the, the best, but I can't do it as, as good yeah. as myself. But like, you need to appeal to yeah. authority in, in that in that state. Like, if you're not good at it, and and yeah. so the, there's there's how, how do you find the coach too? If the coach knows everything, and I mean, every they know physiology. They're now a massage therapist. They're now a psychologist. They're now a trained tactician. They're now a fucking lumberjack. I would be running <laughs> the other direction for sure. <laughs> That's a yeah.
1: There's something yeah, else. He, said he basically just told, he basically just <laughs> like picked right? apart Brian's profile. There's like that's all he There's something else <laughs> I've noticed
0: too for competitors and be a little wary of. I found in the more traditional corner of the competitive industry here in Edmonton anyway, there's a bit of a culture of suppressing an intimidation of of client experience that isn't so great. I've actually witnessed bullying from coaches, a uh, right on uh, a friend of mine's wall. Uh, a coach's husband going after her because apparently she just didn't have a great thing. And she told some people privately about this. Um, I've seen these people, they protect themselves and it's sort of a thing where they just don't allow these complaints to come to life. And there's a lot of pressure to not come out and say this stuff. So competitors are, are very much intimidated into not voicing criticisms about a coaching
3: experience. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point because there's a difference between like I've had, you know, I've had a lot of clients that I've had failures, but we all have. Yeah, we all have. And, but the thing is when someone fails and they, you know, let's say they, for whatever reason, like their work just got crazy or they had, you know, troubles with the family and stuff like that, or just, you know, like they rarely will blame the coach, you know, like, and, uh, and especially if the if if the coach is is a half decent human being and they're they're kind of in the mix with them at the time, going like, "Wow, this is you're going through a lot. Maybe we should stop this, or maybe you should take, you know, whatever." Mm-hmm. Or, or even if they try and the and the, and the client says, "No, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it." Like, is they're rarely going to get bad mouthed. You know, I just I just you know I, I think it all boils down to. But I think it's always the onus is on the coach, man. It's never mm-hmm. on the client. The onus is on the coach to just do the best you can have the highest character and it just it just never it's never failed you know i've had failures but i've never had people bash me at least not that i know of
2: Here here I'll go again, fanboying with Eric Helms there the first time I saw him. But like when I talked to him about – because we were talking about coaching. Like thank God I finally found this person that was way above me in that regard, and I could ask him this. And he said, I always try to make it my fault. If they cheat on their diet or whatever, he'll go, you know what? I'm sorry I failed you, that I can give you the tools or whatever or the confidence to mention this to me or whatever. The nightmare for coaching is if someone hides something from you. Yes, like, yeah. to, they try to fool you or whatever they'll say oh i follow my plan like well, on my assessments it'll say was anything off and then if, if so what was it and mm-hmm. when so we can see for weight whatever reason and so, so that we can talk about it and that goes into what i said before about the whole shaming thing or defaming thing and that just doesn't work but th- that that's exactly it it has to be your fault especially if they if they were uh they, they they had the plan or whatever that you created for them it's like an architect you give you give these great guys uh, great uh, carpenters uh, an architectural design and they, it comes out looking like crap it's one of those nailed it things and the cake looks Awful or whatever—it's like they followed your recipe probably, and the cake looked like shit. That's on (laughs) you, one hundred percent. So, and even even if you think and you know that it's not your fault, like even if I know someone's cheating—I mean, no. Like my first competitor I ever had, I literally saw him out the Wednesday before the show eating at a restaurant. He just kind of went, "Yeah, man, it's it's salmon and, and, and and vegetables, like good stuff, right?" And I was like, "Is it Wade?" And he just kind of went. I just walked into the restaurant. didn't say anything because what am I going to get? Not only for like shaming them there in public with their wife or whatever, like outside, I'm, I'm public. I'm in red Deer at the time where I was a little bit of a thing there, whatever. And like just like it, it would not not only hurt my business, but it would it would just destroy the client too at the same time. But like it, it is, you you have to you have got to. The, to blame yourself or be able to troubleshoot that stuff. Cause as soon as yeah. like, and I, and I know, know these coaches, like, like, uh, Andrew, like, I love that you said that about the whole, they'll even intimidate it. They'll get their They'll get other clients to intimidate that yeah. client. Say, take that shit yeah. down. Don't say that bad stuff about that person or whatever. And even if it is true. And like, let's say, cause there is, there, there is garbage coaching out there and like, if you see enough of it too, that that should be a clue in for the, the person yeah. to go, okay, maybe I shouldn't hire this person regardless of they've got yeah. lots of results, blah, 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 whatever. But like, it, it is it's, it's going to be all onto the onus of the client in that or sorry onto the coach of that regard but it, it but then i'll, yeah. I'll turn it around and say the onus is on the client to say to the coach everything as much as you can but then as the coach you have to foster that environment you have to say this is a safe zone this is a safe place you can you can pet my cat carl and tell me things well well let's through your head be like yeah i had that pizza you were right you saw me that was me but like yeah that, that that's the relationship and you gotta build that you gotta yeah. i'll some
0: oh let me really quickly say this. I'll summarize that a little bit in a very effective <laughs> way. Give what you mean. I mean, co- I didn't do it. No. Give the sense? clients all of the credit, and yeah. then the coach yeah. accepts all the blame. And some coaches, oh, that's bullshit. Trust me, try it; it works really well. Another <laughs> red flag in our industry is if you see a competitive coach or any trainer yeah. who posts this or some version of this—that it's a declaration that say if the client doesn't follow the program, it's yeah. It's your fault. Like it basically just deflecting any ownership or responsibility to coach someone through these challenges. If you see, and I've seen this stuff that I've called it out. I fucking hate it. If you see that run, that's
3: not a person you want to work with, Brian. Yeah. I mean, but, but that just brings it back to why I always say that I find my job really hard. Um, it just, it, and the more I learn, like the harder it gets. And uh, it, it's, you know, sometimes I, I just look at the, I just look at the the, the context that I got to work in and, and the problems I'm trying to solve, and you get all this this backstory, and you get all these these mitigating factors, and it's so freaking hard. And uh, and yeah, but I I always take responsibility for failures, and and the thing is, you have to kind of be cool with that because that's what I will literally stay awake at night sometimes thinking about people that I've failed years ago, and I'll be like, fuck. Why didn't I do this? You know, why didn't I or I'll find out something like, oh, I should have done this, you know. You know, I had them trading way too heavy and then they burnt out, and then they couldn't get enough sleep, and then they couldn't recover, and then their mood went down, and then they got sick of working with me and they quit. If I you know, then I work then I do all the math in my mind and I'll be like, if I would have started them off on like a lower intensity, higher volume, higher frequency, I could have done this and this and this, and I and that's why I don't get much sleep because you know it's these these people that I've let down over the course of my career that that's what I think about. And, you know, and I, I've got a lot of people that I've done really well. And, you know, I just don't think about them as much. I'm sorry to say, I just, it's the ones that have, uh...
2: That where I've dropped the ball, you know. And, a coach uh, that doesn't constantly question their coaching to me yeah. is not a coach. They're not yeah. trying to refine their process, and yeah. they're not like if you think you you know it all. Like even Brian, you've been in the game longer than me, and like if you think that you have every single answer and your your assessment template is perfect or whatever, me and you wouldn't be asking each other questions. You know what I mean? We would know yeah. it all. We wouldn't. We wouldn't even be on here talking about this stuff because we would know it all, right? We like why the hell would we come on a podcast and share this stuff because we're perfect, right? But you have to be refining that process. And if yeah, if you don't. At least a couple times, like a perfect for, for example. Every single Friday night, when the show is on a Saturday for bodybuilding, I pretty much don't sleep. I just take <laughs> powerful sleeping aids, and like it's <laughs> twelve o'clock. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm glued to my phone. I'm checking in on whatever. Like, and the and the girls are usually up at five, five thirty a.m. to get their hair done, to get their, their their stuff done. And like, if I sleep between like twelve and four, I think that's a like great night. But usually I don't, and before you know it, like I've got five energy drinks. I'm at the podium and everything, because just, you know, same names wrong. Oh, so burnt out with that uh, last summer because I was, there was like the CPA and the ABBA and there was shows for eight weeks straight. I was like, this is a nightmare. Like I was like sleeping all day Sunday when I drove back because, but yeah, exactly. That, that did you talk faster
1: with too. those energy drinks? You just MC the thing
2: like now. It would be like users It would be like terrible. My voice would sound even more Chipmunky than it is. And you guys would understand it, yeah. Be like, okay, go back and this podcast is actually three hours. Just slow Marty down and see what happens.
0: Yeah. I really hope I, there's a few people listen to this podcast and they do it on like two times speed or 1.5. I could do I, audiobooks that way. I cannot. I a challenge
2: pop. you to do that. I mean, <laughs> to the mega challenge.
0: Do you know oh, what's really?
2: There's the mega challenge of 2019. Do you know what's really the funny? Two times speed.
0: So I. Uh, uh james we're talking about james fell earlier in books and this is how i'll segue in books so james narrates his own audiobook for the holy shit moment and uh like you know I, i'm used to james's voice right but on two times speed it sounds really really different it's really fucked up um, so yeah i did the audiobook of it and uh that's how i consume that stuff but i, I just couldn't do podcast and marty i don't think i can handle you at two times speed so
2: oh no way like funnily <laughs> enough one of my friends does the advertisements for like car dealerships or whatever and they will actually get you to talk slow or whatever and they'll actually speed you up because if you only have a 30 second time slot on the radio commercial uh-huh. and you talk for 45 seconds they'll speed you up i'm like man i, I will do it in 15 seconds you can slow me down to 30 and we'll be fucking great
0: <laughs> okay brian <laughs> uh yeah. tell us one of those great books that you haven't read that's sitting on your bookshelf
3: before we get to marty <laughs> i'll tell you that i think I, you don't have the video on right because i can actually show you my desk it's terrifying it's terrifying you can show my... us
1: and well you showed oh, us it wait, last wait, wait. time. It probably doesn't look any different.
3: You know, they're all still
1: there. Yeah, um, it probably looks exactly
3: the same. It, well, it hasn't been cleaned either. Um, okay, I I still have to read this. This is uh, by Doctor. Brad Osborne. Get serious. It's more of a TRT book. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, he's a physician who does, and I've actually trained one of his clients. Um, and so he sent me like all his blood work and his labs were uh, again like I just just by seeing the labs that the guy did. For his patient, I can tell that he's a very smart doctor, a very thorough doctor. So I'm looking forward to reading this. It's, uh, wow, it's heavy. See, whenever I pick up a book and it's really heavy, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put this aside. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Does it work? That's Gets how Brian open did. up some let's send him some Dr. Seuss. This is Brian's like top ten with, for twenty nineteen It's like, Well this book, this one's the heaviest, so it goes here. He'll handle
0: some he'll get him started on some Dr. Seuss and build some momentum, and then we'll get him one of the books that has some swearing on the title that like I like to say, the, the twilight of the of the genre. And then he can finally work into some good stuff.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Me. yeah. Okay. Marty. <laughs> so
1: get get serious is his recommendation. It's heavy. Yeah. The, doctor's yeah. Yeah. the doctor's legit. Yeah. The doctor's legit. I would read that based on that recommendation. That's, I'm
0: interested too. Marty, what do you got for us?
2: So, uh, definitely i would say the best book i read in like i do the exact same thing as you and like my audible is is my thing when i go for walks or whatever that's how i consume stuff too just that's my shitty form of, of multitasking though right but definitely atomic habits like uh, yep. i've implemented that into my coaching as well just the small stuff i love so much of what james had to say he's been i didn't know he was doing it for so long but he was and then this was like his magnum opus for sure like i would love to watch the dude talk like because he's awesome even his own tips or whatever but here i'm just trying to find it here on my list because i read or like well when I say red I like listen to it um it was one on how to it was like from a CIA guy or an FBI guy let me see if I can find it here really quick blah blah blah, blah. is that the um, negotiation thoughts? book uh, yeah it was it was Chris it was Voss about, here we go N- never split the difference never split negotiating difference. The, the your life and experiences on it by Chris Voss and he this dude was an uh FBI interrogator and like he talks about like how to talk to clients and how to not only get them to like there's a big huge difference between someone saying you're right and someone saying that's right and I love that like if someone's saying you're right that means they're just trying to get you to shut up but if they say that's right that that would be them going okay they only do they believe in it themselves but he talked about too like the, the different voices in negotiating and he had the one he's called it the late night fm dj voice and just like if someone's so frazzled or whatever and i've used this on the phone and i love it and like yeah and that's here's me slowing it down to 0.25 times speed but if someone says something and you mirror it back to them and say so you had like a really rough weekend with drinking and like, you just, and then it just, it slows them down. Like, I know it's hilarious that it sounds, but you slow it down and then they're not as razzed up like me or whatever. And this is like great for me because I needed that too. But yeah, just, it, it was learning, like it's, it's negotiating. It, it's it's, just, it's how to listen better. But yeah, Chris Foss, um, Never Split the Difference. Like it was a phenomenal book and I forget who narrates it, but the audiobook version was phenomenal, Marty, especially because he does the late night. Marty
0: talks to himself
1: plays. at night.
2: It's, it's it's a good himself.
0: Marty, Marty, my
1: blood pressure is higher just listening to you. Do so. <laughs> you
2: think yours my, like if you're like I'm probably red every week because of my pressure. The, the best
1: know? part was like the one time in the interview you were like talking blah blah, blah like this is today you're like this and he, yep. he has the shaker cup and he's just like boom like in, <laughs> like a Napoleon Dynamite when he just smashes the Gatorade like that's what you did because you were like so amped up you like yeah, shoved yeah, the water like- down your throat. <clears> throat>
2: Well, this is just it, though, right? Like here, here I am, 33, 11 years into doing this, and I still get so fired up about this shit. That and every day I get to see Brian on screen, I'm like, goddamn, man, there you are. That's what's up. Well, guys, <laughs> if you
0: want to hear more of Marty and his animation, uh, well, he's got his own bo- uh, podcast that he has with a friend. Um, so, if you want to plug that real quick, and then uh... sure, yeah,
2: it's it's the the Mind Body Broadcast. We have it both on Libsyn and on uh, iTunes. You can find that there. Uh yeah, you, like well, I usually try to post the new episodes. We try to put it out weekly on my. I put it on my Instagram. I put it on my Facebook too. yep, for sure.
0: And then so how do we? How does everybody find you? I mean, Brian, by now, if 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 they don't know how to find you, they don't fucking care or want to follow you. We've already I, shared. I about. respect that. Yeah,
3: I know it, and I, I appreciate that. I probably agree with that. So I mean, that's yeah. Brian doesn't know. even use social media. Okay
2: i'm very envious of brian's facebook activity because he just crushes it on there all the time your, your writing's great man you, like your your blogs are great or whatever but to be able to find me because anyone just types in brian fucking cron and before you know it on google they pop up but i'm at at mega marty coach on instagram like he, he probably mega marty McPhee will find me on facebook too but yeah that's uh, i usually am more active on on instagram and definitely on the podcast for sure right now sweet that's,
3: marty you're trading my wife how's she doing
2: Uh she's back on the wagon now. She's doing (laughs) great. She said every single second I get away from him is just God like for my physique. No, uh she, she she's awesome. Yeah, like I'm I'm like and that that was one of the most flattering things. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen, is like Brian reached out and said, Hey, you need to train my wife and I was like it's what, not what is, flattering what, man like, what, what does this mean yeah you, of course, it wasn't flattering sure it wasn't but yeah like you know, I, I think that was super super kind of cool if I, if, I like, if my cat really needed a diet Brian would be the one doing it especially going is, is on Brian on the park sports. bench
1: tonight yeah you know get <laughs> yeah. some sleep this is great get, a, get yeah. bed to yourself like. <laughs> oh,
3: man. well it's too cold for my park bench to down in yeah good. we're
0: we're apparently about to get hammered by the polar vortex or whatever the fuck that is apparently it's going all the way down to the US too so it's it's going to be like some evil shit um I don't know. It it was pretty nice when I got out this morning. So guys, it was, this is a blast. Thanks so much. Uh, we have, we're literally going to log on in 15 minutes to talk to Eric Trexler about more bodybuilding and supplement stuff. We're not sure which order we're going to air these two podcasts. Guys, if you're listening and if you finally for the first time heard Brian, we've got three other episodes with him. They're really good. Mm. Um, I I think you might have been on something on the third one. We're not quite sure. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I was honestly I was. Not like not yeah, I was on a lot of cold beds. But uh on yeah,
0: life for sure. And then uh Marty's also done a podcast with us, so it was really Mar- Mar- Marty was on caffeine for sure the yeah. last Oh but, no, uh, I uh, think yeah, caffeine so and
2: Gatorade is my secret, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. The shaker cup. You just can't see it on the video, right? Yep.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, like check out Marty's podcast. Uh, They both create really great content. Like Marty said, Brian's Facebook writing is really, really great stuff. If you're a coach, especially, I really do believe he's one of the best coaches in the industry and one of the best people to learn coaching from. It's why we like having you back on so much. So I I can't say that emphatically enough. Um, You're going to get a lot from absorbing what Brian has to say. And Marty, you're just brilliant when it comes to the the psychological mindset stuff and the technical aspects of of coaching competitors. And and guys, just follow these two. They're really, really great guys. They're good friends of ours. Uh, We don't bring people on this podcast because we think they suck. We bring... Our friends on, we want to share with you. If you're someone finding us for the first time, again, we've got a whole shit ton of really great guests and great episodes. You go through our list. You got people like smart people like Greg Knuckles, uh, Alex Villata, yeah. people who are smarter than us. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mike Ezertel has been on a bunch of times, Dr. Spencer Nadalski, a lot of PhDs, Brad Dieter, James Krieger. It goes on and on. So Mike T.
1: Nelson, yeah, Jesus. Mike
0: T. Nelson. We're proud of what we've pulled off and we've got a lot more coming up. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Thanks, audience, for tuning in again.
2: Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Awesome, Awesome, guys. Shut up and sit down.